Welcome to another episode of Don't Give Up Skeleton. I'm your host, Jeremy Greer. Uh, this week we have a dual episode release, which is always a fun time. Um, this is Andrew from Dingus Boys Gaming. Uh, you can also find Nick, which will be the episode right after this. Uh, I spoke to Andrew and Nick a while back on a charity stream they were doing for Dark Souls, and um, also made sure I interviewed them for this podcast as well. It's a really good talk with Andrew, and I think you're going to enjoy this one. Thanks. listen to the show but it's it's been a while uh i had to stop because uh i hadn't beaten bloodborne yet so <laughs> oh no yes and we spoil bloodborne all of the time on this yeah, podcast yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's been <laughs> i always like I, I used to put like a little comment in it and say like hey like if you haven't done such and such like go do that and then come back and listen <laughs> to this podcast because why are you listening to this right, right. yeah have you have you beaten bloodborne uh, yet? so i got uh I have to beat uh, the Moon Presence, but okay. I, you know that's right there at the end. You know I've done a lot of the the extra stuff because you know Nick insisted on giving me the grand tour. Um, so I'd I'd say I'm I'm at the point now where I could start listening again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's not much besides um, like a brief cutscene that happens after right. the Moon Presence. So you you've pretty much seen everything. Did you play through the whole thing co-op with your buddy? Um, I. I got through, I can't remember where I was when, when he came in. I think I, I had just beaten Rom or something. Yeah, I remember I was on vacation. I was telling him about uh, having beaten Rom and going uh, to Yahargul again and seeing all of the all of the amygdala-like things hanging out on buildings. And I was <laughs> like, oh. Um, so I think we started playing together pretty much there. And, and okay. the rest of it was, yes, definitely, definitely with Nick. Do you, um, do you do that with a lot of the Souls games or do you play it mostly? Souls? Um, we, uh, so the first, the first game, um, we, we sort of had our first playthroughs, uh, very far apart time-wise. So, I, so I went through Dark Souls 1. Uh, 100% solo. Um, Dark Souls 2, he kind of he kind of dragged me through it. <laughs> um, three, I insisted that that I wanted to play it by myself. You know, I I feel like um, I feel like I didn't I didn't want to really discuss it uh, until I had beaten it. I wanted to take it all in for for myself and you know form my own impressions. Um, before really trying to talk about it. Um, and Bloodborne, I did a similar, a similar thing for the first half where I was just sort of isolated, uh, sort of by design. But then once Nick got it, it was like, well, he's going to be this without me if, if I don't, you know, just let him play with me. So don't want to miss that. So it's, it's kind of a mixed no, fair. Really. <laughs> How did you get um, into the series to begin with? Uh, yeah, well, I, I guess I'll, I'll take this back. It, it happened sort of in, in, in waves, um, you know, way, way back when, when I was still playing uh, RuneScape, <laughs> uh, this, this YouTuber I used to watch, I can't remember his name. Um, he, he would make all these videos, these RuneScape videos. And, and one time he was just like, yeah, th- this is a different game and it's, it's cool. Um, it was uh, it was Demon Souls. He was like, "Yeah, this game is so hard, but it's so fair. Uh, it's like nothing I've ever played before." And I'm like, "Okay, that's cool." You're... He was wearing like the the monk's uh, the you know the big tornado hat. <laughs> I can't remember what it's called. <laughs> <laughs> Custard hat is what we, everyone always called it around my internet. I love it. So I love yeah, it. <laughs> and I was like, "Okay, this looks this looks very Japanese and weird." Um, you know, I'll 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 keep that on my radar. But I didn't have a PS3, so I couldn't I couldn't enjoy that at the time. Um, you know, some years later, I'm I'm a freshman in college. I had heard of Dark Souls, but I never played it. Um, 
one of my one of my new friends uh, was like, "Hey, I you know I just got Dark Souls. Do you want to come try it?" I was like, "Dark Souls is that is that like the spiritual successor to this other game?" He's like, "Yeah." <laughs> I'm like, "Okay, <laughs> let's let's do this." You know, finally going to get to try this game that this YouTuber recommended. I mean, more or less. Um, so I went over. And he had me start a whole new game. Um, and I'm like, wow, this this game is kind of hideous. <laughs> you know, the character creator. And he's like, yeah, you just, you won't look good. <laughs> so I'm like, okay. He kind of holds my hand through the asylum. Um, and then he sort of lets me run free once, once, I, once I get out of the asylum. And I'm like, okay, this, this feels kind of weird to play, you know. Um, I go to the graveyard first, like everyone does. Uh, I, I can't remember if I actually attacked any NPCs, but I certainly wanted to, you know, just, just a terrible playthrough. (laughs) I get to the undead Berg, they're throwing firebombs at me. I'm like, this is stupid. I hate this game. (laughs) 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 I stopped playing. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's it that, that's you know it's love at first sight that was that's it that's podcast it. over like podcast over. <laughs> that was andrew's experience with dark souls and uh my name is jeremy greer i've been your host <laughs> <laughs> all right good talking to you um yeah no well <laughs> so that kind of happened you know and and i didn't really pick it back up again um until the summer so so that summer i you know had a good job. I was like buying games a lot because because I could. Um, and I saw it there on the shelf for like twenty dollars, and I was like, "Hmm, I uh, I got a feeling about you." <laughs> so I bought it, and that was the year of Dark Souls. I I just I loved it for some reason. I suddenly just, you know, really loved what that game was. And I think I think what ended up making the difference was I actually used a guide um, up through, like, Taurus Demon. And I, I think okay. reading the guide sort of gave me a better idea of what the game really was without having to, you, you know, uh, get that information out of the game for myself. You know, because it's kind of it can be kind of inscrutable. Like, what are what do all these stats mean? Is is it really an action RPG? And it ended up, you know, being, of course, very RPG like. Lots of lots of exploration, lots of collection, and I, I just didn't get that from from that first, you know, surface level encounter. So to have the guide say, yeah, you know, do this farming and and you know, upgrade your weapon. I'm like, oh, this sounds this sounds like something I could get behind. So I, I stuck with it. So it was just having that, having the, like, kind of basics of the game explained yeah. to you a little bit more in-depth than the game did that give you, like, that gave you that extra edge to get through that first yeah, boss. Yeah, I, I think I think that ended up, you know, being, being the thing. <laughs> How far, like, did you, you said through the Taurus Demon, so did you, like, once you had your legs under you, you were like, okay, I don't want to do anything with this guy. Now that I figured the game out, I want to explore it by myself. Um, so what, what happened? I think, um, I think it gave sort of some broad strokes of like what happens after that, um, up through, up through Enerlandro. And I just kind of, I read the broad strokes and I was like, okay, I, I can handle this. Uh, and then, so I guess, you know, technically, I had some from the guide up through up through in Orlando, and then uh, after that, I sort of self. <laughs> it's hard hard to remember. <laughs> <laughs> what was it that um, that captured you so much about the game? Like, um, do you think it was like was it the story? Was it the combat? Like, what was it that was kind of pulling you along? Like, getting, making you think like, okay, I definitely want to play this game, even if it involves like referring to this guide, like all that kind of stuff. Um, that's, that's an excellent question. (laughs) I, I think it was, I think it was the whole package. 
you know, I, I think it was, was the atmosphere. It was, it was the challenge. Um, and, and I think, you know, being, being equipped with, with the knowledge of like sort of what was going on before, before being thrust into it definitely, definitely helped it not be so intimidating. Um, and, and I think, you know, having that first, that first layer of intimidation peeled away, um, and, and, you know, being allowed to sort of experience the, the exploration and the, and the challenge of the combat and, and the variation of the builds and stuff, you know, for myself, I could, I could kind of see, you know, what people were talking about. And of course there, there was a lot of buzz around the game, um, and I think I don't remember chronologically when this happened, but so I, I read an article that was sort of like a think piece about, you know, um, what, what value some, some sort of the storytelling value, the greater message that dark souls has. Um, and it talked about, it talked about kind of like how it emphasizes the challenges that you go through just in your day-to-day life, you know, there's so much struggle, you know, every day and every now and again, there's this, there's this triumph, you know, you, you beat the boss. Um, and you, you know, sometimes you need to call people for help. Sometimes people come in to your day and they just try to shove you down. But, you know, in spite of that, you keep going through these cycles of struggle and triumph and it's really kind of emblematic of, of, you know, what, what sort of life we've created for ourselves here. Yeah. <laughs> so, so dark souls as the human condition as a, a previous guest has <clears throat> one of our previous guests, like wrote an entire essay yeah, on that. <laughs> maybe this was what I read. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> Um, no, I don't think he, I don't know that Michael ever published it. I'll have to find, I'll have to find that out. Um, I'd be, I'd be curious. Like, do you remember who wrote it or what uh, it was? Unfortunately or I don't. So I can't give any credits, but yeah, <laughs> that's okay. Where did, where did you go from there? Like, did you like, did you just fall in love with the game and then blitz through it and get involved in the community? Or did you just kind of like, because you mentioned Anorlando, like a lot of people will get to Anorlando and be like, okay, this is the, between the archers and ONS. Like I'm, I'm, I'm finally done with this game. I don't, I don't want to do this anymore. Yeah. Um, no, I don't think I, I don't think I had any, any period after that where, where I put it down for any length of time. I pretty much, you know, that, that next year, my sophomore year of school, it's all I would do in my downtime was play Dark Souls. Um, I, was that like several like single player runs or were you doing PVP? Like what were you doing? Uh, I think so. So that first semester, it was just a lot of throwing myself at my first run. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. You know, lots, lots of struggle. Um, I remember everybody was gathered around. I don't, I don't know why, but everybody was gathered around watching me try, try to kill Gwen. I, I didn't know how to parry, of course, <laughs> you know, <laughs> so it was not. actually a challenging <laughs> fight. Um, but yeah, I mean, so a- after I, I killed Gwyn late that night, um, I think I just, I just went back, you know, I just started my new game plus like immediately. <laughs> and, you know, starting that, it's like, you just kind of run through it. And I was like, okay, okay. I think I'm ready to, to do sort of the community based stuff. Um, you know, I was reading fan theories and things on the Dark Souls subreddit. Um, I created a PvP character, really, really stupid uh, washing pole build. Um, and I would just invade an Anorlando <laughs> like all day with my ninja flip ring, you know. Oh, it was great. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's not, I mean, that's, you know, that's fun. Oh, that sure. fun. <laughs> no. it, it was a very fun build. It just didn't make a lot of sense. <laughs> optimal, which I, which I think, um, I, I think is fine. I'm sure with the, uh, if you were ninja flipping with the washing pole, you probably got some hate mail at some point. I'm just assuming, you know, I actually don't remember. So this was on Xbox. So it's, you kind of have to 
kind of have to work through the the interface to actually type some heated mail. So I don't think I was that mean. You know, I uh, I tended to let people you know kill kill whatever enemy they were working on, and then and then do an honor duel. You know, I was one of those. Like I'll bow at you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you got you got kind of into the community. Like, were you watching YouTube videos? Were you looking up lore and PvP videos and all that stuff? Um, I, I think it was it was mostly just whatever was on the the Dark Souls subreddit. So you know, watching like only Afro and <laughs> you know um, a couple a couple Vadi Vidya things. Um, mm-hmm. Never got super into the YouTube scene, um, which. Which I kind of regret. It's 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 a pretty cool scene, but you know, fan theories, reading fan theories. It's always been kind of a hands off involvement, though. Um, you know, I think the biggest thing we do in in the community is really our uh, our stream, and and the rest of the year we're kind of like, yeah, we, you know, we'll read these things, we'll talk about these things, Nick and I, uh, to each other. Um, yeah. <laughs> Well, what um, where did you go from there? Like, if uh, you kind of got into Dark Souls late uh, when you finally finished it, was Dark Souls two already out, or did you go back to Demon Souls? Like, what was your what was your next step? Sure. In the um, yeah. So, I think I had already beaten it a few times um, by the time Dark Souls two came out because that was um, that was the next year. That was like second semester junior year. I remember going to the uh, midnight release of whatever Call of Duty game came out that same day <laughs> and, and picking up Dark Souls. <laughs> did, call, did a Call of Duty day game come on the same day as Dark Souls 2? It was really? Call of Duty or Battlefield. It was like some, some shooter game. <laughs> so That's hilarious. Yeah, yeah. So my friend and I went to that and uh, we were the only two people there for, for Dark Souls 2. Everyone else was there for whatever this shooter game was. Um <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and I, I, you know, I started it um, that same that same night. I uh, didn't get into it very much because I think I had class the next day. You know, game releases on weekdays. It's great, um, and I, you know, I thought I really liked it. But as I as I got further into the game, I was like, this is, I don't know, this is different in a way. I'm not sure I really dig. I think it was the the Lost Bastille. That, that I kind of ran up against. It was like, it was like my wall. I was like, am I supposed to be here at this point in time? You know, fighting those, the, mm-hmm. the, the guardians, the, I can't remember the boss name at this point. The, yeah, uh, ruined yeah, sentinels, the ruined sentinels, mm-hmm. you know, all, all three of them at once. And they just hammer you in the face. Have you played the, uh, new dark souls three DLC yet? You haven't had time I yet? haven't. Uh, yeah. I know. I don't know what's wrong with, I actually really like Dark Souls three. Um, maybe maybe I'll do that after after we're through here. <laughs> after we're done, <laughs> just yeah, go play yeah. it real quick. <laughs> just rush through. It's a uh, it's the the only reason like, this is a ever a slight spoiler, but like the Ruin Sentinel show oh. up a little bit um, in, a, in a in a weird way. Like it's it's very heavy. Whereas Dark Souls, the main game of Dark Souls three is very heavy on the Dark Souls mm. one callbacks like this seems really really heavy on the dark souls 2 callbacks for some reason so like there's a bonfire in it that i was like dude what <laughs> <laughs> so anyway no, sorry no, I, I didn't mean to digress no, no or anything. yeah I, I think um i think it's ultimately pretty good that they that they had some callback to dark souls 2 it, a lot of people were pretty upset that they just sort of you know let left it to rot right like it was like yeah let's make reference to these these past games with dark souls three, except, except dark souls two, you know, it's kind of the bastard child in, in a lot of people's minds. Yeah. So where, where did you end up on it after, after proceeding through it and getting it at the midnight release? Like, are you pretty positive on it all said and done? Uh, I go back and forth. <laughs> there are things about it that just make me so, <laughs> so frustrated. Um, which, I don't know why. I don't know why it bothers me so much more in in Dark Souls Two than it ever did in Dark Souls One. Because you know there were there were so many stumbling blocks in that first game that that probably should have been equally as frustrating. But you know maybe it was just sort of where I was in life. 
but um, I, I would say most most of my memories of that game are fairly positive uh, because most of the time I played that game, uh, I was playing with with Nick. <laughs> he uh, he kind of dragged me through it, and and I'm really happy he did. Um, I th- yeah, anytime that you're spending time like hanging out with your with your friends playing some Dark Souls, like it's sure. always a good time. Like in, basically any game is like that. I have to catch myself sometime because. Um, Somebody asked me the other day, like, what the appeal of Destiny was, and I was like, oh, it's a really fun game to, like, hang out with your friends and, like, talk and shoot stuff. And they were like, isn't it just fun, fun to hang out with your friends? And I was like, oh, yeah, I guess that doesn't have anything to do with Destiny, does it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I feel that. Yeah, I've been considering just buying Destiny for Nick uh, so that he'll play it with me and I'll have somebody to play it with <laughs> That is exactly what happened to me. Brian Wade was like, hey, here's this copy of Destiny. And I was like, dude, you don't have to buy me. Okay, I'll, okay, thank you. I really appreciate it. And then um, he told me that, I guess there was some weird thing in Destiny where like, if you were buddies or whatever, I don't know what the weird Destiny right. language for it is, but um, I would get double XP like when we did quests uh-huh. and stuff together. Um, when I did, when I was specifically with him. And so like that got me through, like I plowed through that game in like a day and a half to two days. <laughs> it was yeah, ridiculous. Yeah, it's a fun game. It was, it was, it was it was a lot of yeah. fun that way. Yeah, I was pretty interested. Yeah, I, I uh, got into that one late too. <laughs> um, so, like, none of my friends from school uh, were like willing to play it because they had already played it like when it just released. So, so I think Nick Nick would be the guy because like he only plays Dark Souls voluntarily. So if I make him play Destiny, it'll be his first time. I, I think I think that's a good idea. <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> this isn't this isn't uh... this isn't don't give up because Destiny has bad names for everything. This is don't give up skeleton. A Dark Souls thank you, podcast. Thank you making the joke I was trying to make. <laughs> 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 yeah. Um, anyway, yeah. So so he he, um, he definitely dragged me through it, and and I think um, I think I appreciate it. Uh, for for all of the places it tries to push me away, I I appreciate it nonetheless. You know the build diversity is there. Um, mm-hmm. I and I like constantly want to go back to it because it's it's such a huge game. I think ultimately the only thing I don't like about it is is the feel of the combat, <laughs> which is mm-hmm. unfortunate because because that's you know, how you progress through the game. You can't really play the game without, without doing that, but I don't know. I want to go back to it and, and kind of give it a fair shake um, and, and learn to play the game on the game's terms. I think I really wanted to play it as if it were Dark Souls 1, and, and I don't think that's the right way to play that game, really. <laughs> yeah, you kind of have to approach it on its own terms a little bit, like the... You know, you just kind of have to commit to my, my problem with Dark Souls Two when I first played it was I was treating it as a, like a Dark Souls One leveling system, and you're really, really not mm. supposed to do that. Like, you should just com- full on commit and just like level up as high as possible. Like, you, it does not matter if you're, you know, I, I was kind of like, oh, like I'm just gonna kind of hang out around like level sixty for now, and like was getting my ass handed to me. I was like, oh yeah, I have no health because <laughs> I've been devoting because I have to be able to drink Estus fast. So I put all my points in adaptability instead of you know vigor or whatever right. the stat was. So yeah, I actually had that same problem <clears throat> um, playing Bloodborne. <laughs> I, I ended up getting to Garman at something like level sixty or something, um, mm-hmm. and and you know I was still loving the game and I, I think it's it's the fast paced nature of it that, that really saves it for me. But but I definitely should have been pouring more blood echoes into levels. Cause uh yeah we we've gone back now and we're doing like chalice dungeons and stuff so we have so many echoes to spare. Um and I ended up being like level ninety or something when I when I beat Garman. Um and it was it was much easier <laughs> being able to survive a hit <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I uh it, it's it's weird in Bloodborne because I was I was having this conversation with someone the other day about like I feel like there's an argument to be made and I'm not I'm not really willing <laughs> to go there just yet, but there's an argument to be made that like I don't even think Bloodborne needs stats as they are in like most mm. Souls games. Like it's such an action game first and foremost that like this weird RPG thing just feels like kind of crufty around yeah. it like 
Yeah. Why do I like if they just got rid of all of the stats and like, okay, now you have gem slots or, you know, just, in, you know, so all of your damage is, you know, depending upon the gems that you get in the main game, like that would, I think that'd be just a little bit more smoother of an experience. But at the same time, I kind of like stats. Like it lets you do weird hybrid stuff. So I, I don't know. Like Bloodborne is such a weird mix of a game to me from a, from a mechanical standpoint. I, uh, like I, I played Dark Souls 2 with, with, I never used a shield in Dark Souls 2. Like I played it pretty much just as a two-handing some weapon or the other or power stancing or whatever. So when I got to Bloodborne, um, not having a shield didn't freak me out or anything. Like I was like, oh, this is exactly how I wanted to play Dark Souls 2 this entire time. I just could never get this much adaptability. What, what did you think about that that change going from 2 to Bloodborne where the you know the combat is much faster paced, you don't have a shield and things like that? Um, well, I, I'm, uh, I'm a lot like you in, in that regard. Um so I, I leaned on shields in in Dark Souls One. Um, I, I think you know the first uh, the first piece of equipment I upgraded uh, to max level was like the Great Shield of Artorias. You know, this this ninety stability monster. Um, so when I got to Dark Souls Two, I was like, okay, no, not not going to do that. No shields at all. Um, and I, I eventually even played uh, three like that. Um, so, so not having a shield in Bloodborne, I actually, I felt like, yes, you know, like finally <laughs> you, you, you understand me Bloodborne <laughs> <laughs> and you know, it's, it's, it's much, uh, I feel like it's a much smoother, um, experience than, than Dark Souls 2 without a shield is, you know, just being able to leap around, <laughs> I don't know. It's uh, it's good. <laughs> Bloodborne <laughs> is good. A, a very, a very, um, <laughs> a very argumentative <laughs> position for the Don't Give Up Skeleton <laughs> podcast, which is basically um, nothing but a Bloodborne love fest <laughs> all the time. So. Sure, sure, yeah, yeah. No, I. Were you um were were you spoiled going into Bloodborne knowing like the big twist in the middle of the game? I actually I so I knew that it was going to be Lovecraftian in some way. I assume that's what you're talking about. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. I knew it was going to be Lovecraftian in some way, but I I don't think I could have anticipated exactly how. <laughs> um. So so I I went to it, you know mostly blind i don't know people were saying like oh yeah it gets super lovecrafty and i'm like i don't really i mean like i can kind of see how that could happen everything feels kind of dreamlike and and freaky and and cool but you know it's still just sort of a gothic horror thing i feel like um mm-hmm. and then and then the aliens show up and it's like oh okay <laughs> I, I guess i guess you guys were right i should never have doubted you <laughs> Yeah, I was really, um, you know, they did such a really good job with marketing that game. Like they, they only let people play like mm. the very beginning. So like I was just expecting to run into like Frankenstein or like a Medusa somewhere like in that game eventually. And to have it do like a full, full, like completely for me, left turn out of nowhere into <laughs> like, I remember stumbling upon the aliens in the in the forest and thinking like, what in the fuck <laughs> right. is this game? Like, I don't even I don't know. What is this? And uh, just you know, and then you get past the shadows uh, of Yarnum, and you're like, okay, well, things. This is weird, but like snakes. I guess snakes poking out of people's heads are is like that's a monster thing. And then you get to like the Garden of Ice, like the big fly creatures. Um, I always want to call them Cronenbergs mm. because of Rick and Morty, like <laughs> Rick and Morty, like they're just a bunch of Cronenbergs really over yeah. there. Uh, and you're like, and I'm like, what? What? Is, and then of course, like you kill Rom, and the moon comes down, and I was like, I give up. I have. I'm just gonna wait for the videos. I'm gonna wait for Bonfire Side Chat to give up. I think I even like messaged Gary, and I was like, Can you please tell me what the hell is going on in this game? <laughs> I don't understand. Yeah, yeah. It was, it was like a pretty good ramp up. You know that now that I think back, <laughs> you know there was some some weird kind of like supernatural stuff going on before that, but. You know, nothing too, nothing too unbelievable. I feel like it was, it was very much in the same vein as like some berserk artwork or like, you know, classic gothic horror artwork. You know, it it just looked very run of the mill, and and then it just sort of gradually introduces these like 
crazy, you know, sci-fi horrors. <laughs> and it's like, oh, okay. I guess I guess we're going that way now, you know. But but I I feel like I didn't really notice <laughs> I didn't really notice that it was ramping up until until the amygdala creatures showed up. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 very bizarre. Like it's man, I I I really wish um Dark Souls 3 like had some of those like rip the curtain off kind of mm. moments, right? Like there was nothing in Dark Souls 3 that I think it was like shocking. Like there's moments of surprise like when you see Firelink Shrine for the yeah. first time, but there's nothing as sh- quite as shocking as getting into um you know <laughs> Yarhagul <laughs> for the first time, which uh, did you get kidnapped before getting to Yargul? Like, did you go to yeah, Yargul? I, I early? did get kidnapped. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't. So I showed up in Yargul for the first time, and like the sky is purple, and there's giant spider creatures on the on the architecture. And I'm like, what am I yeah. doing? <laughs> but even that even that kidnapping moment um, is really interesting to me. Like, I, I I remember I was talking to a friend on Steam. Um, because that was like the only, I don't know why we were talking on Steam, because I don't <laughs> play on Steam, but anyway. Uh, but I was messaging a friend, and he's like, I, I just got kidnapped. And I was like, you did what? <laughs> In a Souls yeah. game? <laughs> what are you talking about? He's like, you haven't gotten kidnapped? And I'm like, I have no idea. He's like, have you, da-da-da. And I'm like, dude, I have no idea what you're talking about, but I can't wait to get there. I didn't find out until after I'd finished the game. Oh, what was yeah. Going on there, yeah. So. yeah, well, that's such a weird sort of like non-Souls thing to do. It's such a little like like overly cinematic piece i feel like you know to to have i don't know but it's like so so brilliant because it's so subtle it's like if you if you die to this one thing you know fairly early on he, he you know takes you to this weird prison like i don't know it's just so it's so different i feel like that's that's one of the coolest things about bloodborne is is how it how it refuses to, you know, adhere to soul's mold. It's not afraid to sort of like, I don't know, just, just mess with your, with your preconceived notions. Yeah. Like it's, it's not afraid to do something a little bit differently. Um, and you know, there's no, there's no concept of flame or souls mm. in the game, which now having finished dark souls three, and I think finished dark souls forever with this last DLC, like I'm looking at Bloodborne, like just such a relief, like from just from the language, like not everything has a soul and all this other stuff. Like I'm just, um, if anything, I think this last DLC has just kind of nailed shut, like everything about dark souls and been like, okay, we're done with all of that. Now let's go do something new, which Man, like if you had told me that four years ago, I would have been—I would have laughed in your face. Like, no, no way. I'm, I'm probably the biggest Souls fan there is. Like, there's no way. Um, where did, where did you, like, from Bloodborne to? Uh, well, let's talk about the DLC for a little bit for Bloodborne. Oh, have I you finished that? Because you mentioned that you haven't, you haven't finished the Moon Presence yet. Did yeah, you? Play I don't. The DLC? I don't have the DLC. Uh, <laughs> I know, no! Nick. Uh, I'm going to kick you oh, off the podcast no. now. Yeah. Every time we play together at the end of our play session, he says, "And remember." to buy the DLC. And I'm like, yeah, I'll do it. You know, why wouldn't I, (laughs) but I always just forget. And, and even if I did, I feel like I wouldn't, wouldn't have the time to get into it unless I were playing it, playing through it with Nick. But yeah, (laughs) I don't know, man. That's, um, I should, I should just like make you, okay. Open your browser (laughs) store.playstation.com. Search for Bloodborne. Do that. My PS4 is right here. (laughs) You could buy it right now. Uh, Yeah, that's you should. Have you been spoiled on everything? Like, have you looked at videos and stuff, or are you still kind of just waiting to Uh, to get the time? I'm kind of waiting to get the time. Yeah, the the only things I know about are like um, the the existence of you know a whirly gig saw and um, some weird alien head thing going on for for equipable items. Um, So you know that that could be anything, right? That could literally be anything. Yeah. 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 So that's really all I know. I mean, I had heard that um, some of the, some of the bosses are are more more like the hunter boss type battles, which I'm pretty excited for because I love. I think my favorite fight in the game is the um, Father Gascoigne fight because it's just yeah. so like uh, you know it gets your blood pumping. 
I love those yeah. fights in that game. Um, German and Gascoigne, and um, there's two fights in the DLC that are very, very similar to that with like yeah. their own little twists that are that are just so fun. Like I, I regret that. That regret. That's not the right word, but I, I'm, I'm, I really wish that Bloodborne had um, bonfire aesthetics or mm. you know the equivalent, so that I could just fight the DLC bosses over and over again. Because I probably yeah. would do that just all the time. <laughs> it's so good. Yeah. Well, how, how excited were you for uh, Dark Souls Three? Like, were you kind of doing all of the, the the run up to that? Like, were you watching videos? Were you looking at trailers? Were you pre ordering, or were you just kind of cool on it? Or, oh, what did I do? I. I- I think I did end up pre-ordering the game. Um, so y- y- I'm sure I'm sure you get the impression from our, tar- our talk about uh, Darts Two. Um, I was I was overall kind of disappointed with it compared to Dark Souls One. I wasn't I really wasn't sure. Um, mm-hmm. So I was I was apprehensive uh, about Dark Souls Three. Um, and I don't remember what actually convinced me to to go and pre-order it, but I don't know. So, so really, my only exposure to it was um, was the was the trailers. Okay, uh, and the rest of it, I I played. Um, I was lucky enough to be able to play it one hundred percent blind. Um, but I know on 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 release night, I I go and I download it. I took the next day off from work because I was like, okay, I can't help it. I'm actually excited about this. <laughs> um, and, you know, just, just fighting, um, fighting uh, Udex Gundir and, and beating him after, after tries. I was like, okay, okay. Souls is back. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I just, I, I so you were so pumped, pumped about, about it, it. Yeah. I loved, I loved how how snappy everything felt i loved you know uh it was like such a good challenge too because i started as i think it's the 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 thief class where you where you just have the bandit's knife and some crappy little round shield and i was like i'm gonna play through this with no shield to get in real close to him to actually do damage and it was just so like tense and and it it really reminded me of like playing bloodborne you know <laughs> yeah <laughs> and and i i remain pretty positive was- on it uh through through to the end even yeah okay <clears throat> how did um like the big dividing point with dark souls 3 definitely seems to be the callbacks mm. um with you know references to firelink we're well, not references but an actual firelink shrine and andre and Onion your bro, on bro 2.0 like where does that stuff really really positive for you like did you like going through the games and seeing all those references to, to the um, first game it 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 was kind of cute <laughs> that's that's mm-hmm. that's all i can really say for it i think um i think the 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 coolest thing about like the actual story of that game uh in my opinion is is directly related to those callbacks um but but like conceptually not not content wise and and maybe I'll be able to explain what I mean um I think the coolest thing about that story is the whole like you know the fabric of reality is so is so deteriorated at this point that timelines are literally just bumping into each other <laughs> you know and mm-hmm. it's kind of, it's kind of like like when we were talking about about bloodborne how it how uh bloodborne has a really big sort of left turn um and dark souls 3 really doesn't i feel like i feel like that reveal the timeline reveal is sort of what they wanted their left turn to be but it ended up just being the premise for the whole game i don't know so it so it was I don't know it wasn't it wasn't as big as probably it should have been but like when I got to you know the the dark firelink shrine for the first time I was like oh man this is so cool <laughs> you know timey wimey <laughs> stuff I love it but you know everything else about that game like story wise eh, you know <laughs> whatever <laughs> 
So really, it, it sounds like for the most part that you come to the, you approach these games from more of a mechanical perspective. Like you're kind of in it for the the moment to moment combat than necessarily like the big overarching story. Do you think that's accurate? Yeah, yeah. I think I think I that's that sort of seems to be the focus as I'm playing through them and and when I when I go back to them. I think what what happened with Dark Souls One the the reason I kept going back to it was you know, just how how new and interesting that kind of story was and and you know learning about things from from subtle clues in the world. Uh, I I really loved that. So so that's the story is what brought me back to it. Um but but the mm-hmm. combat is you know it, you can't you can't have just the story and, and have me interested. Um, and you can't have just the combat and get me to keep playing it, I feel like. So it's definitely the combination yeah, of the yeah. two. Okay. What are you, um, like, are you are you in the middle of any of the Souls games now, or are you just kind of, like, in the, playing some other stuff? We're, we're in such, a we're in such a, like, a blessed time oh, for know. video games. <laughs> we're in the middle of, like, eight huge video games that all came out in the last two, four hours, <laughs> right, basically. Right. Yeah, it's, it's, it's been a, been a pretty good year so far. Um, I so the the one I'm playing um is uh Zelda. <laughs> you, you know like everyone nice. else. Um, yeah, I went out. I so I totally wasn't sure about about Zelda uh or or even the Switch. You know, the Switch I was pretty pretty interested in. It it sounded like a cool thing as like primarily a PC gamer. If you give me a console that does anything else, like you know the switch being part handheld, then I'll probably buy it. Um, so I was like, eh, you know, and release day for the switch and Zelda rolled around, and I was at work. And I was like, guys, I think I want a switch. <laughs> and they were like, go buy one. And I was like, okay. <laughs> and I actually managed to find a switch on release day without having pre-ordered it, um, and Zelda. I go home that night and I'm like, this. This is perfect, perfect game. <laughs> it's um, surprising how much it has in common with Dark yeah. Souls. Like it's like I don't remember the last Zelda game that I played where I died a significant right. amount of times, and definitely have never ever died. Like probably since Zelda one and two have died in the opening mm. areas uh, of, and I like I literally like I walked out and I think I died in my first. In- combat encounter in breath of the wild and um it really gave me like as cheesy as it is to compare everything <laughs> to dark souls like it really gave me that that dark souls feeling of like i died i learned something and then i came back and i was able to accomplish more based on me dying like the things that i yeah. learned from dying which to me is like the big dark souls lesson of hey i did this thing it didn't work out how can i do this thing differently so that it will work out but yeah, that, the game is just amazing. Like environmental storytelling, like a huge open world that you can just go around and do everything. Like it's just, it it really it speaks to me on a very basic level of like these are the kind of games. Yeah, that I like to play. yeah, I I agree with you, like one hundred percent. You know, getting getting out of the shrine of resurrection and it shows you, you know, the the old ghosty man down the hill. I'm like, okay, that's nice. I turn left and I climb off into the distance. Like that's just perfect. Like, <laughs> oh, is this an Elder Scrolls game? Like what? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I have a friend who is um, a former guest on the show, uh, Savesh, who had, um, him and his wife are, are playing it kind of mm-hmm. at the same time, and she's going through it like the traditional like story point by story point, like following the waypoints, and he's got all of his stuff turned off and is actively avoiding talking to basically anybody and treating it just kind of an exploration game. So like he's finding the divine beast just naturally and like, okay, what do I need to do to get up there? And how do I do this <laughs> without talk- with trying not to Uh-oh. talk to anybody, which is just, yeah, it's, it's pretty like the, the, the game allows you to do like a large percentage of that. Like it really, man, I hate to be like that X meets dark souls, Twitter <laughs> account, but like, it's like when you start up Dark Souls and you can kind of go any direction that you want to, and even if it's the wrong direction, like in Zelda, you could easily go to like the the lava mountain or lava mountain, <laughs> the death yep. mountain, if you wanted to. Um, just like you can go right into the uh, what call it, the skeletons, skeleton mm. graveyard, 
and you're probably going to be killed, but a, a player who actually has the knowledge of the game can get by both of those areas pretty quickly. Like they could, they could both beeline those areas and maybe get some decent loot out of it. Something to help them later in the yeah, game. So. Yeah. What? Like I, I can't help but obviously I'm addicted to Zelda Breath oh, yeah. of the Wild right now. So you can't tell. Um, <laughs> I can't help but think like how some of that stuff might inform from like developing their next few games. Like where, where would you like to see those dudes go um, for the next game? Like I, I'm pretty confident now. Like I used to think that we were, they were going to definitely do a dark souls four, but I don't, I don't think that's going to happen now with these DLCs mm-hmm. have come out. Um, so, like, where what, what would you like to see out of from software as as a game company? Did you do you want Dark Souls four? Do you want Bloodborne two? Do you want something new? Like, where where would you like to go with from here? Ah, uh, that's that's an excellent question. I actually I haven't really thought about it um, at all. I mean, I want to see them put something on the Switch uh, so I can feel better about that purchase. Um, <laughs> yeah, everybody wants the the trilogy on the Switch. I don't. Oh, no. I don't think it'll happen. I think we might get the first game, but uh, everyone wants the <laughs> the trilogy. Yeah, I mean, would would that be a dream scenario? Absolutely. But yeah, I mean, you know, I also I also don't need that. I guess. Um, yeah, I think I think I'll be happy to play. You know, anything they put out really if they want to do another armored core game like sure um i definitely don't need another dark souls game i thought i would but but i think three is kind of like it's it's the bow that you wanted but maybe didn't really need you know on the whole package (laughs) and and, you know i love that game i love playing that game but i was it necessary to the greater Dark Souls story? Nah, not really. That's yeah. fair. Yeah, um, yeah and if they want to do, you know, some some other game with, you know, the Dark Souls framework, um, like like they did with Bloodborne, I'll play that. If they want to do something else, I'll play it too. You know, they've they've definitely earned my goodwill. Um. Yeah, five of these huge, huge games, and you know, a handful of years, and like right. six or seven years is is pretty bonkers. Yeah, yeah. So. <laughs> and if they can do that, like I kind of trust them to make other yeah, good absolutely. video games. Yeah, they've got they've got a pretty pretty unbeatable track record right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, well, Andrew, thank you very much for getting up early on a Saturday and spending some time with me. I uh, oh, I appreciate sure. it. Uh, can you tell everybody where they can find you? On the uh, sure. You can find me at, uh, I am half of Dingus boys gaming on YouTube. Um, and we have, uh, at Dingus boys on Twitter. Excellent. And I met you guys, you were, you guys were doing a charity stream. Um, I don't, I'll be very, very honest. Like I remember doing it. I don't remember anything yeah. about it. Like you guys were pretty out of it from staying up for like 24 hours straight. And I got up like at six in the morning with some coffee to do it. I don't remember anything oh, yeah. that I said. Um, those, those are going up on your YouTube channel pretty soon around the time that this will mm-hmm. come out. Uh, so I guess go check that out <laughs> at yeah, some we, point. We, right. Uh, we get pretty goofy. Um, we'll be doing another one of those probably uh, Columbus day weekend again. Cause that seems to be, you know what works out i think we're playing bloodborne this year so yeah oh nice i'm sure we'll be glad to have you on if if you'd if you'd like to come around but we can talk about that i will commit i will commit publicly to think about that that's all i ask for (laughs) (laughs) no i mean depending on timing and everything yeah i'm totally down for doing that stuff i you know i I really really enjoy doing that so that's not a problem what's your twitch for people that might want to go check that Uh, out you can find us on twitch at dingoes are frisky uh that's all one word and just the letter r dingoes are frisky and i'll make sure that is in the show notes as well so people can go click on that in their podcatcher thank you again andrew for for guesting this has been a really good time um i think the plan is for me to release this alongside nick's episode so it'll be interesting to get his opinion on uh playing if whether or not playing souls games with you is fun so i can't wait to see compare and contrast that to say that that i'm gonna be a lot more interesting I, i don't know he pretends to have a rivalry with me. Um. It's like a one-way rivalry yeah, situation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks again for guesting. Thank you so much for it. having me. 
As always, I've been your host, Jeremy Greer. You can find me on Twitter at JG Greer. You can find the podcast at don'tgiveupskeleton.com. That's a website that has all of the episodes available to stream or download. You can also check out all of our social media networks, specifically Instagram, where I post very brief uh, clips of every podcast almost every podcast that's gone up so you can kind of get an idea of what you're jumping into thank you everybody for listening if you have a couple minutes leave an itunes review to make me feel good because i don't have enough self-esteem to really keep going unless i get itunes reviews every other week appreciate that and remember as always don't give up skeleton and that's i'm gonna it. go leave an itunes review right now <laughs> Oh, thank you very much. I wasn't asking. I definitely wasn't asking right, you to right. do that. But thank you. It's, it's, it's yeah. appreciated. It's appreciated. I'm almost down to spoil